0: we There it is. that is the sound to bell number one, a fight number five, Pacific Coast boxing. Here we go. punches and bunches, shoe shines in the corner, hot sauce to the ribs. gancho Saligo though when in doubt, stick it out. Dudo, 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 Pacific Coast boxing, Alfonso Ruiz here with Rick Prado, Rick, what's up, man?
1: Hey, how's it going man? You know just fired up for this weekend. We've got a big fight.
0: I know. I know. I mean, big fight in the heavyweight division, yeah. right? doesn't get better than that. It's kind of interesting because at the heavyweight division, regardless of what you th- what anybody thinks about mm-hmm. the heavyweight division, it's always a big deal when the heavies fight, man.
1: Yeah. No, no, definitely. And then you've got one, uh, one heavyweight that's got uh, three of the titles.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. That's why it's so big. I almost slipped and mixed up the round and the fight, Rick. Uh-huh. Can't believe it. Round number one, a fight number five, man. Oh, wow. Crazy, yeah, right? So, um, yeah, so we got the big fight coming up uh, this Saturday, big heavyweight championship fight. We're going to cover that here towards the end of the show, um, give our take about what we think about the fight. Mm -hmm. Um, The reason why we're going to talk about that toward the end, Rick, because we got... uh, Big, big, right? You talk about a big round one for us. I mean, this is yeah. like reminiscent of Hagler Hearns round one. We're coming out firing, Rick. We're going to have the Myrieta Phenom, Raul Lizaraga, 5-0 and now as a professional. He's going to be right here in studio, Standing 8 Count Studios, talking boxing, Rick.
1: Yeah, no, look forward to that. You know, it's always good to uh, catch up with Raul.
0: Absolutely. And, right, um that's not it. Of course, mm-hmm. we're going to be talking to promoter Cameron Duncan, who is working with Raul is going to be kind of navigating him here uh, on some of his next fights. Cameron Duncan, of course, the 34 Fight champion, mm-hmm. former manager, now term promoter. So, we're going to get to talk boxing and get a little bit of insight from him with regards to Raul. And maybe if I can sneak in a few other questions on boxing, Rick. So, looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, no, it, it'll be a great interview. Um, really knowledge, knowledgeable about the sport. And, you know, it's had a who's who of boxing legends in, in his stable.
0: Oh, yeah. No, there's no yeah. doubt about it. I mean, when you talk about boxing managers, like he is the 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 baseline mm-hmm. right he is the benchmark so to speak yeah. no doubt about it um couple things rick by the way i uh, thought i would uh, float this by you i think you you you're, you're going to feel pretty good about this uh the wbc announced Suleiman is by the way all over it mm-hmm. that they are concerned about the holy field and belfort fight
1: yeah no no they they're always front and center when it comes to keeping the fighters safe mm-hmm. you know they're they're there and,
0: and this is no different, Rick. Yeah. So so let me tell you what they're doing, okay? They are acknowledging, they're coming out and acknowledging that this, this new wave of non-fighters, whether it be Jake Paul or basketball players mm-hmm. that are now stepping into the squared circle and boxing against um, fighters like Evander Holyfield, you know, retired fighters. They're yeah. saying that they have now accepted that this is just going to be part of the norm. However, they're concerned about some of the matchups like what happened with the Evander Holyfield. So, guess what they're doing, Rick?
1: They're oh, probably coming down harsh on on on. It.
0: Well, Rick, yes, they are raising awareness. Oh wow, that's what they announced yeah. this week. They are raising the awareness yeah. that to all of the commissions across the country and sanctioning bodies that they need to be very aware when making these fights that are mismatches. So, the WBC, Rick, coming across heavy-handed.
1: Yeah, well they'll just have to go to a commission that that doesn't care. Usually like Florida, Arizona, yeah. you know, um some obscure state, you know, they'll, they'll 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 find a way.
0: Well, Rick, again, this is the same WBC that we were talking about last week mm-hmm. that had their champion Oscar Valdez test positive, right, for a banned substance out of competition, of course, during VADA testing, even though that falls pretty much under their safe boxing program that they have, Mm -hmm. but they deferred to the local commission who decided to, you know, approve the fight and it went on. So, but now they're raising awareness, Rick.
1: Yeah, no. Awesome. You know, finally, you know, somebody.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. (laughs) That's exactly right. So (laughs) there you have it. Um, This past Saturday, Rick was the 22nd anniversary Mm -hmm. Of the fight between Felix Trinidad and Oscar De La Hoya. That fight took place on September 18th, 1999. Can you believe that?
1: Yeah, it it, it seems like, you know, where did the last 22 years go?
0: Yeah, I don't know, yeah. man. I don't know. Yeah, I could think about it, but I don't want to. Yeah. Right? But... But there it is, twenty-two years. 22 years. Yeah, anniversary. The uh, the new Ring magazine, by the way, came out. Which, of course, it comes out and then you get it like a month later. Mm-hmm. But that came out, and um, they are focusing on the Hearn's Hag- uh, Hearn's Hagler, Hearn's and Leonard, okay. which was forty years ago.
1: And what was the date on that? They're pretty close to.
0: I don't. I don't know. We'd have to look yeah. at when the date is. Well, I'm surprised we don't have a poster of that. Of that in here we'll have to look that up mm-hmm. but yeah 40 years um is when it took so I mean it was an 81 right yeah I don't think I'm going on a limb of that but per- pretty crazy but yeah the 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 Trinidad de la Hoya fight don't get me started um hard to find seven rounds for Trinidad
1: I found him, by you, the way. you found yeah. <laughs> you found him. That, that was easier to find than the uh <laughs> the Leonard uh Hearns uh, Yeah, date. go figure
0: yeah yeah go figure um, all right, Rick. So, here's what's going on today for Pacific Coast Boxing big week, man. I can't wait. Uh, we got Raul Lizaraga, mm-hmm. he's coming in with this trainer, Jesse Moreno, out of Temecula Boxing. Um, first guest, Rick, since the studio has been revamped here, yeah. standing eight count studio. So, we're excited about that. We got Cameron Duncan. Right. The great Cameron Duncan can't believe that we're going to have somebody of that boxing level. Mm -hmm. By the way, the other good thing about that, since we're going to have guests, it means we get to donate to Survivor to Leader. Haven't done that in a while. Apologize to the folks over there. Um, So pretty excited about that. Going to get to the Usek and Anthony Joshua. I think it's going to be a closer fight than most people think, Rick.
1: No. Yeah. um, You know, I'm going to. This this will be my lock of the week, but we'll get oh, into it later.
0: Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Interesting. I think I know who you're going to go with. Yeah. Um. And I'm telling you, right, you're you're going out on a limb. I I, I don't think it's going to be what you, what you think it's yeah. going to be. Um. And then of course we'll end off with the stat of the week. But of course it's round one, Rick. And as we do on every episode, we talk about a fight that resonates with us for the particular round that we're in. Round ones are always tough, by the way, Rick, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think we went with Mike Tyson, and I think it was Michael Spinks, the last fight. I think it was Spinks' last fight, I think it was, right? So it's always easy, by the way, when we're looking at these, to always draw Mike Tyson because of all the first-round knockouts. But I got to tell you, one of the first-round knockouts that was more recent, that was just absolutely devastating and impressive, was Jermal Germal Charlo, the 154 pound Jermal Charlo, mm-hmm. knocking out Erickson Lubin in 2019? Rick, devastating knockout at the time.
1: No, yeah, you know, uh, great fight for how long it lasted. You know, a great win for uh, Jermel Charlo. Um, you know, he was uh, 18 and 0 going into this fight. And uh, his first loss of uh, Erickson Lubin's career.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. So Lubin is 18-0 going into that. And by the way, right, which was interesting because usually it's the Charlos that are kind of talking up, you know, Mm -hmm. the whole fight. This time it was Lubin. Yeah. Okay, this time, and that's why I remember this fight because Lubin was talking up an absolute storm going into that fight about how he was going to destroy him and how he was ready. And, you know, that's one of the things, right? We're going to talk about... Um, in the interview, you know, I'm hoping if I, I want to ask Cameron about how to bring a fighter along, right. How to, how to properly navigate, because that was a fight that clearly Lubinson probably took a, obviously it's easier to easy to say now, yeah. but you shouldn't be getting knocked out in the first run if you're that great a prospect, or was it just one of those great punches, you know, lightning in a bottle and doesn't happen again, mm-hmm. right?
1: And you know, who knows? You know, he he um he's rattled off six victories since then, you know, over the last uh four years. And um he's actually his last fight was a WBC eliminator. So he's put himself back in position to get that rematch. Yeah,
0: he's beaten Jason Rosario, right? Yeah. Who who beat um I think it was my guy, right, for the uh for the for the championship. I think, oh no, he beat Julian Williams, sorry, mm-hmm. for for the championship. And then Julian Williams, of course, Beat uh, oh gosh I, I gotta look he beat Jared Hurd yeah so it was like you know the lineal champion kept changing hands but yeah devastating knockout um that particular fight that was recent that is our round one knockout Rick the early rounds are always tough Rick so yeah. next week round two is going to be interesting we'll see if we can pull something out of the hat all right folks coming up after the break we've got Raul Lisaraga in studio joined by promoter. Cameron Duncan on the phone. Can't wait. Pacific Coast Boxing. We'll be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing. Alfonso Ruiz here with Rick Prado at the Standing 8 Count Studios in beautiful Murrieta, California. Here with us in studio is 5-0 professional prize fighter Raul Lizaraga, of course, from Murrieta, California. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. A Murrieta Ram, by the way. <laughs> Raul, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to the
2: studio. How are you doing? Thank you, thank you for having me back. I'm doing well, I'm doing good. I feel great. Excellent. What do you think about the new digs here in the studio? Oh, it looks really nice. Way, it looks way more better than it did last time. All here. right, thank you, thank you.
0: What are you trying to say, Raul, that it it wasn't professional It last looked time? It looked <laughs> good last time,
2: and now it looks way better.
0: All right. Also on the phone with us, right? An absolute privilege. Okay, let me just throw out a couple things about this gentleman's dossier, Rick. Two thousand seventeen Boxing Writer Association Manager of the Year. Why would you say that, Rick? That he's Manager of the Year? Thirty-four world champions. Here's a few names, Rick: Cali Pavlik, Tim Bradley, Diego Corrales, Johnny Tapia, Nonito Donaire, Mark Two Sharp Johnson, Danny Romero, Terence Crawford. Do I need to keep going? Really, he needs no introduction. On the phone, promoter Cameron Duncan. Cameron, thank you for joining the podcast.
3: How are you, sir? Uh, really nice to be here. Thank you so much.
0: Definitely appreciate it. So we're sitting here again with uh, prize fighter, Raul Lizarraga at Amirieta, California. You made the switch uh, from manager to promoter a few years ago. And the dynamics of the relationships, I would think are a little different. I think manager trainer is maybe a little bit more tactical, but how is that relationship from promoter to fighter with somebody like Raul, how different is it? And how do you, much do you appreciate it
3: after managing for so long, Cameron? Well, it's, you know, it's different. I, um, um, I got out of boxing for about four years. And I wasn't sure I was going to stay in boxing. And uh, and I sort of walked away from it. But I decided if I was going to do it, I wanted to promote. I wanted to have more control. Um, as a manager, you get to a point where uh, they tell you, you know, who you're going to fight. And there's not a lot much you could do about it. But as a promoter... I can I have more control of protecting my fighters. So that's why I made the move Interesting and uh, go ahead.
0: No interesting. I was gonna say it sounds like my uh, my teenage daughters where I simply give a a Suggestion, but they don't always follow it (laughs) is what I was thinking (laughs) (laughs) sir
3: Yeah, exactly and um, and I went back through my fighters and i and i just said you know the few fights that i lost with most of my guys um they were fights that i didn't really want or they were fights that we were doing it because it was a 50 50 fight sure. and it paid a lot of money sure so and you got to make the kids the money so but there were fights that i didn't want to fight that uh I had to because it was either take it or leave it, and uh, I think you know uh, you try and stay out of those positions. And, and with doing it directly as the promoter, I can I can stay out of that. I can have more control over who I fight. Now,
0: when you say you have more control, right? So, as the promoter, your primary responsibility is the stage events and identify competitive fights or navigate your fighter through. Um, but ultimately though, if you present a fight, let's just say for somebody like Raul, it's ultimately up to the manager to accept that fight. Correct.
3: Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, I don't think there'll be any, um, I really haven't had a manager or, or you know, a trainer or anything that doesn't agree with me, but again, I've got boots in us who's 27 and zero, and he's getting ready to fight. Um, you know a fight on showtime and you know we don't have a problem finding guys for him to fight he can really fight and and uh his dad and i have been friends for years so i go into relationships that i know they kind of see it as i see it and and the money is made at the other end and uh i want to keep my guys as much as i can undefeated I want to protect them, keep them healthy, sure. and uh, and then eventually we all have to fight. And kids understand that, but I don't believe in putting them in in competitive fights for quite a while. Uh, it, yeah, I let them groom them and let the trainer do his job. Sure, correct mistakes. But uh, early when they make a mistake, I want it to be maybe they got slapped in sure. the face. And they're not going to do it again but you don't want to be in there with some guy who drops them on the floor so um, you know they can learn as they go and, and i'm pretty patient with that
0: which makes sense you know again i told you i was uh before we were chatting um my dad i grew up watching fights at the olympic at the forum and when you think about some of the fighters that I grew up watching in the 80s, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard, his first championship fight, he was his 26, 25-0. Alexis Arguello, 31-3 and 3 before he fought for a championship. Roberto Duran, 28-0. But it seems like today, Cameron, where the, where the cultural norm is instant gratification, right? Fighters want to fight right. for that strap. Now, maybe back then there wasn't as many belts available, so it made sense. But you take a fighter, for example, like uh, Bectomir, who loses the Gable Rosado in his eighth fight, right? And and I think right. that's part of what you're talking about, right? Probably ill-advised. Hindsight's twenty-twenty, but maybe he shouldn't have been in there with a seasoned veteran like Rosado.
3: I Listen, I agree with you. Um, you know, it's one thing to have the ability, like Raul, he's got a ton of ability, but he hasn't been in the 11th round of a competitive fight and you got to slowly bring them to that you don't jump from do some fours or sixes sure. or whatever and then they put him in a couple eights and all of a sudden they're trying to put them in 12 round title fights maybe not even a world title fight but minor title fight it's great and they handle it well for the first six seven rounds but if things start changing, they don't have the experience to correct it. And all those amateur fights are great, but you know amateur fights don't go 12 rounds. So I like to bring them along slowly into the to the different distance, eight round, ten round, 12 round. Bring them in the different uh, distances as we go. That makes
0: sense. Now, is the blueprint that you have to bring a fighter along? is that going to vary depending on the skill set and kind of the proficiency of a fighter. So maybe if it's a Terence Crawford or somebody who, you know, they're ready for calculus, so why give them basic math.
3: It you know, it's funny you'd say that because uh, you know, I signed Boots Ennis and I signed a young guy Brandon Lee. Mm-hmm. And they're they're way above their ability of what they've been fighting. And everyone's saying the same thing to me. I heard it with Kavlik. I heard it with Corrales. I heard it with, you know, you're not fighting them tough enough. You're not fighting <laughs> them tough enough. And they all became champions, and I go through them with them and I go, So I gave them an extra seven or eight fights that they won pretty easy and stuff. And, you know, no, no, no problem. I mean, I don't mind that. Sure. And uh, I'm just not rushing them into anything. And, and, uh, you know, I want them to learn and, but yeah, they always say that to me, you know, you got boots in his He could have fought for a world title eight fights ago. And, and when you had Crawford, he could have fought for a, a world title same way. And, and, uh, but look what Crawford's done. He's 37-0. and 0, That's right. And uh, certainly didn't hurt him having a few extra fights. So I, I'm in no rush. And, I again, I leave that to the trainer and the fighter. And if they call me and say, hey, look, Cam, you know, we're ready to step. We're ready to go. We want to fight this guy. Or that guy we sure. discuss it. And if they really want to fight, at the end, it's their career. I'm going to give my opinion. Sure. But if they say, get me the fight, mm-hmm. I'm going to get them the fight. That's my job. So, um, but usually we agree, and, uh, you know, and a couple extra fights well, waiting won't, won't hurt. Um, Roe won't even have his man strength until he's probably, you know, 23, 24 years old. Sure. So he's still a baby. And, and, uh, and believe me, that man streak makes a big difference.
0: Oh, I bet. That's why it's impressive when you see some of these young fighters go up against, uh, like a Teofimo Lopez. But you make mention of uh, Buzinez, of Brandon Lee. Very impressive stable you have, by the way. I was talking to Rick Prado, my partner here, before. And I got to tell you, Brandon, I would put your stable up if you look at Golden Boy Promotions, okay? And, you know, now that Canelo's gone his, his uh, you know, the pillars over there are really Virgil Ortiz Jr. and probably um, Ryan Garcia, right? But you look at some of the yeah. fighters you have, Cameron, and I'll tell you what, I mean, it is a very impressive list. And now, of course, you're adding Mirai own Raul Lizarraga. What do you see in Raul that you believe has the potential for him to be um, a very productive prize fighter?
3: Well, he's big and and he had amateur background and and he can really punch. I don't think anybody's <laughs> gonna argue with that, yep, and so you know the only thing you know he's gonna be knocking a lot of people out, and he's gonna be knocking them out early and uh the key is to you know let the coaches and the trainers do their job and give him time to make corrections with him as far as his skill set. And maybe he goes to camp with an Ennis. Maybe he goes to camp with another guy and and, uh, work on defense and moving his head and rolling with punches, things like that. Uh, But all the ability there, God gave him a ton of ability. So it's just a matter of time and moving him the right way. Which I'm really looking forward to,
1: uh, Cameron. Uh, this is uh, Rick Prado. Um, I see your former stable of fighters and your fighters now, and it looks like punching power is a big, huge part of a lot of these guys. Is, is that something you're looking for?
3: Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I don't think anybody is a is a fan, especially mm-hmm. of the sport. You know, you're gonna you, you love to watch guys that every time they're throwing punches i mean remember watching hearns and and guys that can really punch and it's exciting when boots is in the ring or brandon's in the ring and at any moment the fight can end yeah. and yep. uh and i think i think fans love that and and uh so yeah i look for guys that can that can really punch
0: so, so you're saying you wouldn't sign uh guillermo Rigondo then
3: <laughs> oh, boy. That was agony. <laughs> Even when he fought Donaire, uh, uh, that was agony. Yeah. No, no, that's not my of guy.
0: <laughs> agony, pathetic. I mean, yeah, that was something else. We actually were going to go watch that fight. And then as soon as Donaire decided not to go, mm-hmm. because of the whole VADA testing that he called out on his fellow countryman, by the way. Huh. we uh, Remember what I told you, Rick? <laughs> I said, that's going to be maybe mind, two two man. punches per round. Not going to make the drive. Into L.A. So um, so. what can we expect, uh, Raul Isaraga? When can we expect? What are some events? What's the short-term kind of plan where uh, boxing fans can expect to see Raul soon, Cameron?
3: I want to keep him busy. I want to keep him in the ring a lot. And and uh, as many times, you know, the first, second year as we can fight him, as long as he's healthy and these guys are, are down for it, yeah we want to keep him really busy and and get him up you know 15 20 fights and uh and you know groom him and then after that we'll slow it down and and we'll start looking at opponents and and discussing things and and see how fast we want to go um but right now it's just about getting him healthy getting him ready lining up fights and keeping him busy
0: that makes sense. And I'll tell you, you mentioned something earlier about what a competitive advantage to have a stable of fighters. You know, when, when you mentioned being able to train and spar with, you know, drawn uh, boots, Enos, which, by the way, I believe he's probably the best welterweight around the day. I think he doesn't get as much notoriety as everybody else, but extremely impressive. It's a matter of time before he becomes a world champion, by the way. But for Arul, for you to be able to mix shoulders with those kind of fighters, I mean, that is that is something else. <laughs> so, um, when we, when we talk about some of the next fights coming up, so Raul has has uh, are we looking to Raul to fight here stateside? Hopefully in the next uh, next couple months or before
3: the years out. Yeah, yeah, that's that'd be my plan. And, okay. And again, uh, you know, um, um, you know, I'll speak with Jesse and and we'll set up a time and and a place that to get him going and uh i've got some shows coming up and and uh you know we'll make a great plan for him but we want to keep him busy and we want to keep him healthy and and uh we want to get it and we'll start getting his name out there and i'll get articles written on him in ring magazine places like that and, and uh hopefully um you know we can get him going pretty quickly
0: excellent well Raul, i can tell you that with cameron duncan not only as a promoter but as a mentor you are definitely in the right lane and in the right space no the 34 world champions boxing rider of the year cameron it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here on the podcast with us i also wanted to mention that just for coming on the podcast we are going to donate to One of our charities that we support, which is called Survivor to Leader, they help girls that were victims of sex trafficking. So we're going to make a donation, not only for yourself, but also on behalf of Raul Lizaraga. So, sir, thank you so much. Um, We could honestly stay on the phone and talk boxing with you for hours and hours, and and I won't do that because we're absolute boxing nuts. But thank you so much for your time, and we really appreciate it.
3: Thank you so much, Fonzo. It was great. Take care, Raul. God bless you. You
2: too, Cam. Thank you.
0: All right, Pacific Coast Boxing back after that wonderful discussion with the legendary Cameron Duncan, Alfonso Ruiz, here, of course, with Rick Prado, and, of course, in-studio guest, Raul Lizaraga and his trainer, Jesse Moreno. Jesse, how are you, brother? I'm
4: doing good, How are you doing?
0: We're doing great. So there you got to hear the wise words of Cameron Duncan, really a who's who of of boxing. I mean, with somebody like that, by the way, Rick, we can go in a different direction and honestly talk boxing for yeah. hours. He's got that type of knowledge. What that means really for you, Raul, is that um, that is a very, very beneficial person to have literally um, in your corner, especially with how impressive the fighters that he has so congratulations by the way are in order um because this guy has a very keen eye for talent right you listen to some of the fighters that this you know that cameron has right that's a who's who so if he's tapping you on the shoulder and says that you've got
2: thunder in your hands that's got to mean something yeah yeah it's 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 an honor it's it's an honor and all the hard work is slow the pain off and, and, that, and that's a
0: very good point that you say that, right? Because that's exactly why you stay disciplined and you did all the running, although I think uh, the running that your dad had you do, of course, right? <laughs> Since you were young. But see, but you do it to get in these situations where a Cameron Duncan, who's had 34 world champions, is now you know possibly going to be uh, helping
2: you out in your career and promoting your fight. So that's got to be something yeah, it's, it's very exciting, very exciting. If you told me if you told me what happened if I was 8 years old I probably would have ta- called you a liar. Yeah, a liar. You know, um there there's a book, right, called the
0: uh pounding the stone and it talks about um somebody who's pounding a stone and it takes 101 blows till it finally breaks the stone and the question is which of those blows was the most important? Was it uh, the 101st blow? Was it the first? Was it the 50th? And of course all of them were important, right? And the thing is is what if you would have stopped at blow number eighty nine right and not made it to hundred and one so you know any point in your career when you started did you think you know what maybe this isn't for me
2: no I've always I've always wanted to to fight my dad inputted it into my brain as a as a youngster he was like he told me two things he goes you either work or you're a box or you're gonna box and he goes well you're not gonna work you're gonna box and then he We'd go. We'd be in bed by n- nine, ten o'clock, the latest. Well, he'd wake us up at six, and me, and C- me and my brother, we hated running. We hated. We would cry. I'm not gonna lie. And then he would just <laughs> say, he'd be like, you "Stop acting like a sissy. Come on." Yeah. And he's not like he's not like he would uh, drive in a car and he would run with us. Sure. And if we were too far behind, he'd be like, "You pick it up and beat your ears," you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's
1: it's like the. Uh, the Uh, the second creed movie Mm -hmm. uh, with drago's dad Mm -hmm. was was driving behind him yeah
2: yeah that's right but he was
0: running he's saying right your dad was actually running so he's he's modeling the behavior right yeah he's just not back there cruising cruising around (laughs) yeah so that's pretty impressive so rule um so we've actually chatted with you on several occasions right we chatted with you um july 8th 2020 was the first time Mm -hmm. and then you came in here um on two two or did, did you hear the second time was it in person the first the time? Sec-
2: the first time yeah. I was in person, second time I called you guys on the phone. Second
0: time I was on the phone, that's right. That was February of this year. Yeah, February um, 2nd. So now you're here in person, right? Now you're 5-0, and right? Mm-hmm. Truly a professional prize fighter, right? Mm-hmm. You've got some, some taste of the game.
2: Um, what surprised you so, so far? What surprised me so far, how long it takes to get weighed in? okay oh you're, you're sitting there you're you're bored me and me coach all, all, and my brother and everybody we're getting antsy we're trying to weigh in yeah and then we, all, all i'm thinking about is drinking water eating food i mean i didn't i didn't kill myself to make the weight, but you know i can only ima- i can only imagine the people that did sure so Sure. Like, yeah but anything else it was mostly expected yeah now the amateurs though the amateurs they go through quite a few
0: uh um uh exercises or i should say you kind of uh, that's kind of rigorous
2: to make weight isn't it in the amateurs in the so for shows there's a five pound increment. So if you say oh I'm gonna fight at one eighty five, you can weigh in at one eighty seven. The guy can be like one ninety, but in tournaments you have to be you have to be on weight or you're eliminated. Or eliminated, you get disqualified. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now I didn't. We
0: didn't ask Cameron Duncan. Now right now you've been fighting and they have you listed in boxing rec. By the way, in boxing rec you have the infamous no name profile picture so (laughs) that's got to get fixed jesse i don't know who's responsible for that that's me okay but if you need help like i can assist with that kind of stuff too (laughs) okay yeah but okay so yeah so we need we need to get that fixed people need to see who you are in boxing rec but it says you've been fighting at about 168 um is that where you're gonna fight or any chance that
2: you're gonna move down to 160 Maybe one or two more fights at 168, but as of right now, we're focused on 160 because every time I weigh in, I'm always way underweight. The heaviest was 166. Okay.
0: Yeah. So up. you're moving
2: down. You're not going the other way. Yeah, I'm moving down at okay. 160. I, I'm, I'm realizing I usually walk around 170, 175 okay. heaviest, mm-hmm. and when I go spar these natural 168s, they made me look small. I'm a tall dude. Yeah. They yeah, made yeah. me look six small. Feet. Legitimate six footer, right? So imagine if, I, if we both weighed in the same yeah. during the weighing and then the next day, yeah. I'd be like 175 compared to one 190, 186. You sure. Know? So yeah, yeah.
0: one sixty-eight. Rick, you were saying those are some big boys, and then and then you get up to the light heavyweight. You were saying Joe Smith. Joe those Smith, are some those are some big, big people there. That's, not, that's why it was impressive, regardless that it was maybe an old Kovalev when mm-hmm. um, Canelo moves up and beats him at light heavyweight. Yeah. Still impressive. Nobody had knocked out Kovalev like mm-hmm. that, right? So it, it was still very impressive. So that's interesting because again, because yeah, you're not you're no small dude. You're six. Fo- I think you're taller, but you tell me you're six foot. I believe you, mm-hmm. but you seem taller. And 160 pounds, I think, is a good weight. You actually, I think, will have an advantage mm-hmm. at that weight because the guys that are fighting at the 160 are what, you know, 510, 511. Right, you know, right around there. That. I mean, the great Marvin Hagler, one of your brother's favorite fighters, right, mm-hmm. who has one of the best quotes, right? Chris is sitting over there. What did he say? It's hard to, it's hard to do your running at 5 a.m. We need to get yeah, when you need to get out of silk sheets, silk pajamas, right? Mm-hmm. So he was about 5'9", five 5'10", five and he dominated. So at 6 feet, I think that gives you an advantage. Or uh, reach. I should just look at boxing rec. What do they have as your reach, Raul? Uh,
2: honestly, I have no idea. I've never got those type of measure, measurements. Okay. Mm, yeah.
1: So, Raul, for you, do you find that it's the nutrition side or the conditioning side? Which one is harder for you to cut the weight? Honest, honestly,
2: it's actually pretty easy altogether. Because yeah. if... If you focus more on nutrition instead of your conditioning, then you're not really going to perform most. Mm-hmm. It has to be balanced. So the thing about me, we we balance everything like pie. So 50% this, 25% this, bam, bam, bam. And then the training has to equal everything, you know?
1: So um, a- after the fight, is there is there a cheat meal, something that you, you're uh, looking forward to? I'll
2: probably have one thing of carne asada fries on then Monday. I'm back yes. at the gym. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs>
1: Well, see, that's the
2: thing, right? That's what's
0: impressive about him, right, is that he walks around and he's disciplined. There's a lot of fighters, and De La Hoya admitted it himself, right, that he was undisciplined, Mm -hmm. right? Even early on in their career, right, they were undisciplined. And I think so it's important that you maintain that, right, because it's hard to yo-yo up and down. I mean, Roberto Duran was at, you know, 190, 210. Before he fought, you know, uh Leonard the second time. So that's ridiculous. So Raul, I mean, so far every fight at the Big Punch Arena in Tijuana, nothing against the arena, nothing against our mother country of Tijuana, but you heard Cameron Duncan talking about trying to get you a fight stateside.
2: How eager are you to fight stateside? Oh, I'm so I'm so I'm so excited. All my <laughs> family's like, Hey when are you gonna when are you gonna fight down <laughs> over here, you know? Yeah. So I'm just like sh- Staying ready until then. Sure. So right. They're, they're like, all right, all right. Just give me free tickets. I'm like, no, you gotta buy them. You gotta buy them. <laughs> of course. And the friends and family
0: expands, by the way, mm-hmm. pr- proportional to your boxing record. By the way, just yeah. so you know.
4: Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So
0: just you can count on that. I didn't want to ask him the specifics because we, you know, we know that uh, we had to be appreciative of his time. But what kind of, uh, do we know what kind of events or what kind of locations, Jesse, were talking about as far as fights?
4: Th- you y- Fro yeah. For yeah. Based on the other conversation, I think Cameron Duncan mentioned he's gonna have two slots. Okay. I think, I think he has something going on with Showtime. Okay. We kind of specify that we wanted Row to be showcased. Okay. And, and that kind of venue to bring more exposure. Yeah. Um. So, you know, we're gonna get the guidance from Cameron. Yeah. Hopefully, he he. I don't want hopefully. I know he's gonna put us in the in the right direction. There.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because he, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, Rick, the uh, on Showtime, the Mohegan Sun comes to mind in Connecticut.
1: The Mohegan Sun, but uh, they've been doing a lot of uh, Dignity Sports. That's right. That's uh, where Brandon Lee fought his yeah. his
0: last fight, right? That would be something, huh? <laughs> the Dignity Health Sports. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that would be something else. But that's where they hold a lot of their smaller cards. They hold them at the uh, the Mohegan Sun in Connecticut.
4: Yeah.
0: Is I I think it's Showtime. I could be wrong. No,
1: no, huh? no, no. Showtime. Showtime
0: right and so yeah so that i mean it, you're not going to be picky obviously about where it is as mm-hmm. long as it's somewhere here in yeah. the u.s that would be something else right mm-hmm. and i got to tell you you know we haven't been able to make a fight because early on they weren't allowing any fans in yeah right now they are correct i mean let's just say if you had the fight are they allowing fans down there in tj already yes. okay so i mean that's just something that we'll, we'll have to look at but yeah you got to be looking forward to, to fighting states not only just to have more people but just to get the feeling of fighting here in the U.S. Yes.
2: right yeah so I'm 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 excited I'm excited to start fighting in the U.S. and um, my family's excited. I know my dad's excited. He's like, when you when you fight in Orange County, that's where my yard's at. So you, <laughs> you, I'm gonna tell everybody. <laughs> I'll tell you. You know what's interesting,
0: um, Jesse? I know you 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 know you keep your ear to the ground with everything boxing. Ingelbert uh, Productions. You know they've been hosting fights every single month in Costa Mesa.
1: Correct. Yeah,
0: every single Thursday, which I think is great. Right, so that's coming back. There was fights last uh, Thursday uh, at Montebello, right, at the Quiet yeah. Canyon. That was Three Sixty Promotions that was hosting that. But even those Costa Mesa fights, right, that reminds me of old school. Right, mm-hmm. once a month we used to go to fights at the Olympic and at the Forum. So hopefully those are back. You know, I don't know what kind of relationship um Cameron has or yourself, but that would even be a good venue. Yeah,
4: Charles bossinger is a pretty good friend of mine, so he's actually the matchmaker. Oh, is he okay? Yeah, but we're kind of we're glue with Cameron. Okay. And, and we're, you know, we're gonna allow him to direct us in the right. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, in yeah. The right path, so. Yeah,
0: because there's a lot of opportunities, right? You've got the um, the Thompson Promotions, which is right down the street, right? They'll host fights out of Corona, okay? So let me ask you something. You know, he Cameron talked about bringing the fighter along slowly. He talked about four, six, eight, ten, twelve. Um, when you start talking about ten or twelve rounds is it more of a physical issue or is it both mental to be able to go that distance
2: it's both ment- mental and physical mentally you got to you got to adjust because if it, you you're used to this amount of uh, you're used to this amount of uh, rounds so you have to you have to train a certain way for this amount of rounds but once you once you go 10 12 rounds you got to expand the training more more training sessions more running sure. more recovery as well yeah you know so it has it it's, mostly, phys- it's a mostly physically or mi- mostly physical, and then a lot of times it's also mental. It just depends on who the fighter is. Sure, sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, he mentioned, right, he didn't really give a timeline, but he did mention that he does it very incrementally, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So, I mean, for now, right, you're fighting four-rounders. um you know, it, it would it would be interesting to see when he would plan, or you know what the plan would be to bump him up to six round, Jess.
4: That, that that's going to be at the works. So I think Ro done his preliminary look. Can't pronounce that word. Uh, four rounders in Mexico. Okay. Um, you, you know, when people mention, I I've got to bring this up. When people mention Mexico, what is what, what is a lower end boxer in Mexico finding them there than them in the U.S. Right. Same thing. Sure. All right. Sure. All the promoters do that. All sure. the managers pick that. Uh, they can find the moon, you know. For a lower level opponent, yeah, it's, just, it's in the moon. Sure. Um, yeah. So we're we're already in the talks of uh, 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 bumping Raul up to the six rounders. I think maybe we'll maybe this year, maybe next year, and then we'll start bumping him up to the eight rounders. Okay. Like I said, ro- uh, bring Cameron because I, I got to dig into his brain sometimes. Sure. Uh, he he has. I think he has the the pathway to guide him. He he knows when to bump him up. Yeah. And, and, and I got, I'm all on uh, mirrors for an for, for individual like that, somebody with that expertise and, and knowledge, yeah, for me to follow his advice and stuff like that. And that's the advice that I would give a role a as a boxer.
0: Yeah. And I think that makes sense. Right. Because, again, he's and this is why it's beneficial to have somebody like that. Right. I think he's able to really ascertain. Right. When is he ready for six rounds based on what he sees. Right. Because, you know, it, it would be nice if everybody was knocked out in a couple of rounds. But eventually you're, you're going to run into that fighter. It's not going to get knocked out. And then all of a sudden, um, here come the deep waters, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yep. And, and some of these guys. Right. Are very durable. Correct, right? Some yeah. of these guys are durable, and they're used to fighting. Even though they're losing, or it doesn't really matter what the record is. They're used to going the six, eight, ten rounds, and that means a lot, right? Yeah. Which which is why, again, why I thought Bechtemir fighting Rosado in only his eighth fight was, was a mistake. Rosado's a warrior, 24 oh. and 13, been in there against Daniel Jacobs, Triple G, Charlo, you name it. And to fight him in your eighth fight, I don't care how explosive Bechtemir was. That was a mistake, man. Yeah. Yep. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. And, and, and it just shouldn't have happened. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to have one more quick segment with Raul Lizaraga, Murita Mesa Ram, back home here in Standing 8 Count Studios. We'll be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz, Rick Prado are back, of course, with our special in-studio host here at the Standing 8 Count Studios with the brand new Pacific Coast Boxing canopy outside, too. Yeah, looking really nice. Did you check that out? That's right. With the new ropes. I forgot to tell you, Raul Jesse, once you step through those ropes, you protect yourself at all times, my friend. All right? You just never know what's coming. (laughs) So, um, Raul, it was mentioned during the interview, or we, we touched on it, about, uh, about a possible um, relationship or family back with Brandon Lee, who yeah. is, is uh,
2: currently one of your stablemates with, with uh, Cameron Duncan. Talk about that. Well, I don't really personally know Brandon, but one of the ways I found out about him was from my, my family from up north apparently he could, he's from uh the same city my dad was bo- uh, uh grew up in yuba city 45 minutes away from sacramento okay and yeah my fa- my grandpa he apparently he's related to my my grandpa yeah i don't really want to touch names on uh i don't want to touch base on the names of sure. who they're related to but yeah that's that, that, that apparently my grandpa's like oh yeah we're related this and that so i'm like okay that's cool yeah, and I, I talked to him about it when it's I went. To, world. Yeah, I talked to him about it uh, when I went to go Spartan in India. I okay. told him about, it and he goes, "Oh, I got, I got asked my mom about." It. He goes, "Yeah, uh, he goes, yeah, that's my mom's last name." I'm like, "Oh, okay, okay, that's cool." So, yeah, so I, I I find more about it every time I talk to my grandfather. But yeah, I I I barely know anything to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Your job is to show up, stay ready
0: to fight every day, right? Yeah. And get what's in front of you. Um, But still, pretty interesting, and that's a a good story. You mentioned sparring. You have sparred with some elite fighters. Mm Want to talk about some of the fighters you've been in there, what you've experienced, and maybe what you've learned?
2: I've sparred uh, with uh, a lot of Robert Garcia's guys. Okay. Escobar Falco. I don't. I don't know if I pronounce his name right. He's ranked like number six through or number ten. Okay. Uh, in the world. Yes. Yeah. at 160, and mm-hmm. then I sparred with Alexis Espino. Okay. Uh, yeah. He just fought on Saturday in Mexico. Okay. Yeah. So and then I've sparred. Uh, the guy that's actually gonna fight David Benavides. Uh, what's his name? Jose Escaligu. Es- okay. Es- yeah. Okay. So, just uh, so getting as much game as possible.
0: What's the difference? You know, I mean, you've obviously at this point since you since you were a kid, you've boxed and sparred at the amateur and the professional against all levels. What's the difference when you go in there against some of these seasoned pros? Are the punches sharper? Are they are they more
2: deliberate? Or is it cleaner? Just curious. You got to fight with, with when it when it comes to when it comes to sparring with, with like top notch pros. You got to fight with you got to fight with brains, not really with balls that's interesting because I've done that before and I've gotten touched up but Mm -hmm. when you fight when you fight smart they respect you a lot more you know instead of oh this guy he has no skill he's just trying to come in here and pump it up you know but yeah when you fight with with brains and knowledge and yeah maybe a little bit of balls but they respect you a lot more I see. Now, sometimes, right,
0: sometimes during sparring sessions, they're somewhat controlled, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes they'll actually tell you, right,
2: hey, you can go ahead, go 100%. Yeah. And others, others, it's not. Is that right? Yeah. Well, most of the time I spar, we're usually, we're usually tapping each other up 100%, 100%, usually no, like, oh, then don't, don't throw that punch, just work with him, work with him, you know? Yeah. That only happens when I spar, like, like amateurs, you know? Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, um,
0: Sparring sessions, Rick, are some of the most well-kept secrets uh-huh. in fight camps, right? Yeah. That's why you're not allowed to, to, to film them at all, right? Because you don't want anything to get out.
1: Someone's always secretly filming and then release it, you know. you know.
0: That's exactly right, because what you don't want, right, is somebody to come in and get the best of your fighter during during a training camp. At least that's not how it's supposed to work out, yeah. right? Yeah. So, But obviously, if they're asking you to come into these camps, I think that says a lot, right? Because they know that you're going to offer um, a really good preparation for yeah. them and their fight coming up. Yeah,
2: yeah. Most of the time, most of the time they get a little confused because I'm southpaw, but then they, then they adjust and they're fine with it. Afterwards. Sure. Yeah. I, w- I was gonna, I was gonna ask that, so I would
0: imagine they would bring you in for a lot of those, right? When they're going to fight a southpaw mm-hmm. for preparation, do they ask you, or is that another fighter where they ask to kind of emulate the style of the fighter that they're going to fight?
2: No, they they don't really ask. Usually, most of the time, they they find out like once I'm in the ring, the okay. bell rings, ding ding. When they found out southpaw, they talked to their coach like, hey, he's southpaw. Okay. And he was just, you're good, you're good. Okay. And then, yeah, that that's usually mostly how it happens.
0: Okay. Because I know, uh, Jesse, do, do they not, like, right, when, uh, do you not sometimes bring in a fighter to emulate? Like, if you're going to fight a guy who's a really slick boxer, you try and get sparring partners, right, that are slick boxers?
4: That is correct, yeah. You want to get somebody that has that kind of style, Oh make the fight a lot easier yeah yeah and then you know you kind of touch little pointers on there but yeah um but that is the case
0: yeah makes sense and again you don't have to give us specific names or the outcome but um overall you've held your own i'm gonna go ahead and assume
2: yeah yeah (laughs) they if they didn't know who i was when i showed up they did when i left
0: See, Rick, that's yeah. a nice way of saying it. he thought he did pretty well. Mm-hmm. If not even won some rounds, I'm speaking for him. Yeah. He didn't say that, but that, that's pretty good, especially against some seasoned pros. Yeah. And, and so that continues, by the way. How does that work? Uh, I mean, it's a small boxing. It's a community, Jesse. So they get a hold of you. And say, do you got somebody? They know that he's 168, well, well, it 160. Well, could be
4: vice versa. For instance, this upcoming Monday, we got invited uh, by one of the coaches up to uh, I don't know whose camp is it, but Benavides is be part. It's going to be five of us. It's going to be Benavides, uh, Pacheco, Diego Pacheco, uh, Raúl, Salomon, Salomon, wow, Raúl Sarraga, and then uh, I believe it's a Russian that just fought in Quiet Canyon. Okay. Uh I want to say it was last week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah last so Thursday. is going to be us five. So we in this situation we got invited. We hope I'm always hopeful. I'm always to you got to give your all so you yes. can get reinvited to stuff sure. like this. Okay, so we we're 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 in the starting phase of our career. what well, okay. are is, and, and we want to make a name for ourselves.
0: Yeah. So uh, that that you bring up a good point, Jesse. So that is important, right? When you go in there and you're invited to spar, right? That you provide some level of, of competition. Yeah. Right. Because if not, they're like, "Well, what, how's this preparing my fighter?" Correct. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's a very yeah. good point. So you've got to go in there ready we to fight. Got to go in ready. Yes. Wow. That's a lot of pressure, right?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I guess the boxers always use it: iron sh- sharpens iron, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, like in our world, right, or not mine anymore, but Rick's, our, our daughters play um, travel ball, softball, uh-huh. right? And there's tournaments where only the elite teams yeah. get invited. And if you go to those, any of those tournaments or one of those friendlies, if you get shellacked, you're not getting you're invited not back. back yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, why do they want to play against, you know, 18 to nothing? They it's want, not
1: getting
0: any better Yeah. No, yeah, It's exactly. It's not going to get any better. Very interesting. So let me ask you some questions, Rule, because every time you're on here, I know that you're a big boxing fan and you got a lot of insight on what's going on in the boxing world. You keep your ear close to the ground. Got some big fights. Wanted to get your opinion and take on them. This Saturday, heavyweight championship,
2: Usek, the cat, the Ukraine against Anthony Joshua. What are your thoughts? That fight, that fight can go in, in, up in the air, it could go. Cause Joshua, Joshua is dropping a lot of weight just so he could be more swift. Cause Usyk, uh, Usyk's a smaller uh, heavyweight. That's right. So I don't know. I I I like Joshua. I think I think Joshua going to come out with the win. To be honest. Okay, I think so too. By the way, Rick. Yeah. I think so
0: too. I think now here's the thing, right? So um, Usyk is what is he six three? Mm-hmm. And Anthony Joshua is six five six six, mm-hmm. but he can box. Yeah, he he comes out of the Lomachenko school. He's from the Ukraine. He's a big guy that boxed kind of that pawing left hand, yeah. right. It's not a hard left. It's pawing, and then eventually he kind of um, wins rounds that way. Yeah. So I think, and you got to remember, right? Andrew Ruiz was only six feet. Yeah. And he was able to get inside, and obviously we know what happened yeah. the first fight. So I give him a chance. Yeah. Okay, a- I'm not saying, if you're saying, okay, Alfonso, then who are you going to put your money on? Okay, I'd probably put it on AJ, mm-hmm. but I'm saying don't discount Usec.
1: No, it's one of those, if, if Joshua's chin holds up, he wins the fight. Yeah. You yeah, know, That's that's the, the key to it.
0: Yeah, and it depends. Yeah. You know, if he's smart, he's going to box, like you said, very good point. He's lost a lot of weight, or he's fighting lighter, which makes sense because he knows he's not going to be able to just fight that heavy, mm-hmm. plodding, heavyweight fight in the ring. That's not going to happen. All right, another fight
2: closer to your weight division, Canelo and Caleb Plant. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I think it's going to be a harder fight for Canelo than the Billy Joe Saunders fight because Caleb Plant has a more difficult style and it's, it's, of boxing. You know, it's weird, it's weird movements and all that. But I, I like I like both. I like Caleb Plant. I like Canelo. But at the end of the day, I think Canelo will come out with the win. I think it's going to go the distance, though. To be honest, yeah.
4: They have a new coach, Ward. Yeah, Canelo has a problem with boxers. Yeah, mm-hmm. well. <laughs> can it be his knee?
0: Yeah, w- Ward, is, Ward is advising him. Of course, Canelo said that all of them can get in the ring, yeah. right? <laughs> all of them get in the ring, you can take them at one time. Here's the thing, okay? I think that of all of the fighters at 168, I think this is gonna be the easiest fight for Canelo. I think that Caleb Plant is gonna stay right in front of him. Mm-hmm. And Canelo is almost like, he he's almost like a chameleon. He's adjusted to every every fight, right? Yeah. We used to think of him as a counter puncher. Now these last few fights, he's come out as the aggressor. Yeah, and I think that Plant is going to be right in front of him. Yeah, and I, I just don't see it happening, Rick. What do you think?
1: Yeah, no, I, I just think Caleb Plant hasn't really fought anybody. Yeah, that's that. That's the big thing, and and he's going to fight the number one fighter in the world. The moment's just going to be too big.
2: Yeah, his last fight against Caleb Truax, he didn't. He didn't really look that yeah. good.
4: Mm-mm,
0: not at all. No, no, he didn't. Again, good guy, good story, mm-hmm. right, with his daughter and all that stuff. But, yeah, this is just too much. This is too much. It's uh, it's tailor-made for somebody like Canelo because he's going to be right in front of him. Yeah. So I actually think it's going to be a knockout. Oh, I, d- yeah, I, don't think, yeah. I don't think it's going the distance. I think Canelo's going to take him out. And I don't predict knockouts too often, right? Yeah, no, And when, no, no, I, and when I do, I'm very, 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 very <laughs> rarely wrong, right? <Rick. laughs> yeah. Yeah,
2: the only reason why I don't think it's gonna be a knockout because I feel he's gonna feel Canelo's power and he's gonna just be on his bicycle the whole way. You think so? Yeah, see, but I don't know, man. I believe that you know he
0: talks a lot, right? That he's tough and he's gonna Ooh. stand right in front. I don't think he'd do that. And plus, I don't even know if he has the
2: skill set to do that. But like Mike Tyson said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. <laughs> That's exactly right. So That's exactly I right. Think, I think it implies to that. So
0: yeah, we'll see. It's gonna be. Listen, it's gonna be. When is that fight? November?
2: November sixth. Yeah.
0: November 6, here we go, yeah. (laughs) I've told you, you gotta call in once a month, you and your brother back there that are the fight analysts. I gave your brother homework, I need you to fight. I need you to fight, I need you to watch. Yeah, I do need you to fight. I need you to watch the De La Jolla Trinidad fight, that 22nd year anniversary this Saturday, Uh that just happened, we need to get the real decision. Okay, you know who Rick went for, you can see the poster that's right next to him, (laughs) right? no uh no wondering so Raul before before we, we we end this remind us again where folks can get a hold of you if they want to uh, send you a message want to kind of follow what your next fights are is that on Instagram
2: yeah if they want to tap me in all they could do is just look for me on Instagram Raul Lizaraga 619 that's R-A-U-L-L-I-Z-A-R-R-A-G-A and 619 that's pretty much it
0: perfect that's right 619 <laughs> 213 person right here <laughs> in standing eight count studios uh, Raul, here's the thing, I was thinking about some of the folks that you sparred, there's going to de- be a day, I believe, where somebody's going to say, I had the opportunity to spar with Raul Lizarraga, mm-hmm. that's what I think. Yeah. Pacific Coast Boxing, it's been an absolute privilege, again, I want to thank you for showing up, especially here to the studios, you were one of the first fighters to come on here, we're going to be donating again to Survivor to Leader, because you've came in. Thank you very much. Continue the discipline, continue the resilience, continue to be a mentor for all of the other young fighters that are at the gym in Temecula, California. Jesse, thank you very much. Thank you.
2: All right, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure being back
0: oh, here. Yeah,
1: thank you, and, uh, congratulations. You know,
0: this is a great, great you, step. Absolutely, um, let us know about your next fight, right? Not like the day before, <laughs> okay? Or like two days before, and I'm looking at Jesse, giving him a hard time, <laughs> right? We would like to be there with all the Pacific Coast boxing gear um, and, and everything until. All right, folks, we'll be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing. All right, Rick, Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado is back. I'll tell you, man, every time I talk or we talk to Raul, I always come away impressed with how mature he is, yeah. uh, how disciplined, and, and how focused he is. Um, it's, just, it's very impressive.
1: No, yeah, you know, for for a guy that young to be uh, that disciplined, um, you know, doesn't even you know care for or want a girlfriend right now. No, that's exactly right. That's the toughest part.
0: Yeah, yeah, we asked him about that off podcast, right? Yeah, and and by the way, it's smart because now who knows? You know, maybe somebody will come along and and things will happen, right? Yeah, true love has a way of working its way out. Yeah, but at this point in his life, right, he's very focused on what he needs to do. Um, and again, it's very impressive because at that age, you just turned 20, right? It's very easy, Rick. It's very easy to, to lose focus and kind of go astray.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. It, it's definitely, um, hard to stay, you know, where he needs to, uh, stay to, to, to go where he wants to go. Yeah. But, um, you know, he's got a good head on his shoulders, and uh, it looks like he has a good team around him.
0: Well, that's a good point, Rick. So, you know, having somebody of, you know, the the caliber of a Cameron Duncan in your corner, right, Mm -hmm. who's able to really help guide, navigate, even provide kind of the barriers if he starts to stray too far, right? I mean, again, right, do we need to say it again? 34 champions, right? Manager of the year. I mean, this guy set the bar for what it takes to be a manager. And he also, I believe, he has the fighter's vested interest, Rick, mm-hmm. right? He he really does. At this point in his career, right, he's as successful as he's been. Um, I think that, again, it's just nothing but good things to have somebody like that as a mentor, right?
1: Yeah, no, no, definitely. Um, you know, he's, he's been, you know, legends, you know, Hall of Famers, um, you know, Action pack fighters, you know, and and he's guided them all.
0: Yeah, and you know, and like he talked about, right, think about that, you know, for Raul to be able to rub shoulders, you know, again, Raul is, is already, you know, fighting at a high level and sparring with guys that are at a high level, but it doesn't hurt, mm-hmm. right, to be to have stable mates like Jerron, boots enos and Brandon Lee, right? Guys that are going someplace. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean so I mean everything's there, right? And so with some with some fighters, right, you'll say, Well, geez, now it's just a matter of can he stay focused, you know, can can he not get distracted. That's not going to be the case with Raul. Yeah.
1: No, no, yeah, I think, um, you know, they're doing a great job with him. Yeah,
0: can't wait, can't wait, yeah. man. And again, I mean, we keep saying it, but it's been kind of tough over his first five fights. Mm-hmm. But got to see him fight in person.
1: No, yeah, definitely. You know, the first one stateside, you know, we, we've we got to be there.
0: Yeah, and it's like, you know, his, his trainer Jesse said... No, we're not. I'm not. We're not demeaning the Mm -hmm. fights in TJ. It's the same fighters. Yeah. He said, I mean, whether you're fighting at the big punch arena in TJ or you're fighting out here, you know, it's the same fighters. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's It's not about the quality, the caliber of the opponents. It's just the fact that it's here stateside, right? It's local. You can get more fans. I mean, we've been to fights here, Rick, where a fighter's making their debut, right? Or their third, fourth fight, and they got everybody there with all the shirts, Mm -hmm. right? Like, that's a big deal.
1: No, yeah, and it's, it sounds like he'd have a lot of people there, you know, coming from—he's got family in North, uh, northern California. Right. And, um, you know, family from San Diego, family from here. Exactly. So, you know, from from everywhere they're going to come.
0: No, he'd have a whole entourage, yeah. and how cool is that to fight in your backyard, you mm-hmm. know, with all the—you know, that's kind of what you have trained for, right, to to, yeah. to have that. So, um, anyways, good discussion, mm-hmm. good interview. I think folks, fans are going to really enjoy that. Um something that I hope we all enjoy Rick is the big heavyweight championship fight taking place this Saturday. Yep. Anthony Joshua against Usek. big fight Rick. So let me just break down a couple things. Uh a quick tale of the tape Rick, okay? Um Anthony Joshua 31. Uh Alexander Usek is 34. Mm -hmm. Um, So really not an age advantage, right? Both of them have been fighting for seven years. Height-wise, Joshua, 6'6", Usyk, 6'3". Reach advantage goes to AJ, 82 inches, the 78. Both heavyweights, this is where the advantages start to come, right? Because Anthony Joshua pretty much lives and resides in the heavyweight division. Usyk is just making, what, his second, third fight? in yeah. the heavyweight division, really more of a cruiserweight, okay? Mm-hmm. 24-1 and for Anthony Joshua. Of course, his lone loss to um, Andy Ruiz. Usek, 18-0, 13 KOs. 91% knockout for AJ. 72% inactivity, Rick. This is key. You know, who has been active, I guess, right, yeah. during the last year? But Anthony Joshua, um, you're talking about at least 287 days. It, it will be 287 days. Usek, 329, Rick. So neither one of them has been very busy.
1: No. no. Okay.
0: Usek, of course. And I think more people are familiar with Anthony Joshua because we've seen him um, against, uh, uh, not Kovalenko, against Klitschko. And then, of course, we saw him against uh, Andy Ruiz twice. Usyk is the one that maybe some folks are not familiar with him, Rick. He's a southpaw. Mm-hmm. He's from Ukraine, so very much fights in that European style, which is stick and move, jab, hit and not be hit. He fights. His nickname is The Cat, and that is a very good nickname because he kind of paws with that yeah. uh, right hand, which is his jab, but he's very effective at doing it. The question is, Rick, is it a, can he be effective enough to dethrone Anthony Joshua?
1: You know, I, I think um, I think this is going to be a close fight. You know, I, I do think um, it's it's one that's going to go the distance. Um, I, I I like that Usyk's uh, you know southpaw um, Joshua. You know, it uh, he has that suspect chin. You know, <laughs> so if he gets hit, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 right. I I think we referred to it as the the English chin. Yep. You know, and um,
0: you, you know, refer to it, I think. Huh? I think you you refer to. Oh, it as I referred to that. Yeah, yeah.
1: But uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's there. The, you know, yeah. and, and, uh But um, you know, I, I didn't think this is a good fight. You know, you've got Usyk, who's undisputed at at cruiserweight, exactly. And you've got Anthony Joshua, that has you know three three fourths of the uh, heavyweight title. So. You know, doesn't get any better than this. No, I mean, and hey, some folks
0: have Usek in their top ten, right? Mm-hmm. Pound for pound. Certainly yeah. top fifteen, top twenty without a doubt. Yeah. Because of I have always dominated. Um the numbers would suggest that it's not too wide a gap either, Rick. So I'm yep. looking at numbers. I'm looking at, yeah, let's just say on average, uh, let's call it minus three hundred for Anthony Joshua, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and about and only a plus two twenty five for Usek. So, yeah, that's about a 70-30 when you're talking percentages, mm-hmm. but that's pretty low. That's pretty competitive. Yeah. So, you know, so Vegas doesn't think that it's a wide margin. Vegas is basically saying Usyk has a shot. Yeah. More than just a shot.
1: And, and and I think so too. You know, I think um, you know, if he lands the right punch, you know, he 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 can he can knock out Anthony Joshua. It's been shown um, you know, Usyk, you know, Maybe faster than, than than an Andy Ruiz.
0: Yeah, see, that's a good point, yeah. Rick. Um, he is faster than yeah. Andy Ruiz and he's a little taller than him. He's mm-hmm. six he's six three. Andy Ruiz was only six feet, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, that's the whole thing, right? Now, um, Raul made a good point, right? That Anthony Joshua is coming in as lighter than he's ever been. Yeah. I think he said at two thirty.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and he's doing that for a reason because he's fighting a guy that's gonna be very mobile, right? He's fighting a smaller guy. Um I don't know if this is, you know, Vander Hollyfield fighting Riddick Bowe, right? Hollyfield yeah. of course was, you know, more of a more of a cruiserweight. Um because Hollyfield was really more of a banger and was more durable. Usek is more of a again, hit and not be hit. Mm-hmm. That's the only problem, right? Is is I don't know, although he has, you know, 13 KOs, um I don't know if it's enough against Joshua. Yeah. All right, Rick. Moment of truth. Mhm. Who do you got, and is this your lock of the week, Rick?
1: Yeah, no, this is my lock of the week, and I've got Anthony Joshua winning a close decision. Um, I, I feel like in the last fight, he didn't take very many risks. I think he's going to be a really cautious fighter, and uh, he's going to he's going to get a decision in this one.
0: And that's your lock of the week? And that's my lock All of the right, week. All right, Rick, I'm going to go the other way, Rick. Yeah. I'm going to go the other way, right? I've I've talked myself into it. I keep telling everybody that I think Usyk has more than a fighter's chance. I think that this is a huge fight for Usyk. This is all or nothing, okay? I don't know the specifics, but I'm pretty sure they have a rematch clause. I think that, Okay, you could say that Anthony Joshua is not going to allow what happened against Andy Ruiz ever mm-hmm. again, right? He's he's going to be prepared. Here is the thing: I think that this guy Usek, can box. I think he can frustrate Anthony Joshua. Like you said, we know that he can get hurt. He was hurt against Klitschko, mm-hmm. got knocked out against Andy Ruiz. I've got Usek in a majority decision, Rick.
1: No, oh, well, you know, I I think it. I think it's going to be a close fight. Um, you know, I think the. Uh... The X factor is if you know. I think Joshua going to do just enough to protect that chin.
0: We'll t- we'll see, Rick. Yeah. Going to be
1: a big fight, and is that going to be on the zone? Yeah, it'll be on the zone, and I think they're going to. The fight should start. I'm hearing uh, 2:30 Pacific time.
0: Perfect, perfect. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll definitely have to watch that. All right, folks. There you go. There's our predictions. We're split this time. Yeah. That'll be interesting. We'll be right back with Lock of the Week, and then we're going to wrap this round one up. Pacific goes boxing. We'll be right back. As so if it goes boxing, back, Alfonso Ruiz, Rick Prado. Everyone's favorite segment, Rick. There's always time to squeeze in mm. the stat of the week.
1: No, yeah. Uh, for the stat of the week, uh, we'll stick with the uh, Delahoya-Trinidad fight. Yes. And um, this bout set the pay-per-view record for a non-heavyweight fight with $1.4 million buys. It was broadcast by HBO.
0: Wow. $1.4 buys, right? Yeah.
1: Total. Wow. So you know, very impressive for you know that time. You yeah. Know, back in '99. Oh yeah. Um, you know, then that record stood until 2007. Yeah. When it was the Delahoya Mayweather, which had 2.4 million dollar buys. Yeah. And then, uh, that record was finally broken by uh, Mayweather Pacquiao in 2015, 4.4 million dollar buys.
0: That's something else. You know what's interesting by the way is that, first of all, right, De La Hoya was the cash cow back then. Yeah. Right. Regardless of what anybody Mm -hmm. says. He was the A list. Like when he fought Mayweather, he was really the one that was drawing. Yeah. However, right, if you're gonna draw anything like over the four million, You've got to have—it's got to be compelling, and you've got to have two fighters, Rick, that are very well-known and resonate with yeah. fans. And and, I, and that's what happened with Pacquiao and Mayweather. Mm-hmm. The other one, I think, was the uh, McGregor and Mayweather, right? Yeah. Which, how much did that yeah, one do? That
1: was $4.3 million buys.
0: Yeah, see, and that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. You know, both personalities. Obviously, McGregor has the whole UFC fan base, so there's the curiosity, but— um, I don't, you know, who does that nowadays, by the way, other than Canelo? And Canelo's doesn't come close to that, yeah, does it?
1: Yeah, you know, it's just Canelo never gets that uh, dance partner. That's, you know, that's kind of what I'm saying. You know, the big uh, fight for him, you know, I think the closest probably he ever came was when he fought Mayweather.
0: Yeah, and, and, and because even the Triple G, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't there, right? No. That was also the problem with Triple G, by the way, is Triple G never really had that that real big dance partner that he was able to mm-hmm. really— Capitalize on other than Canelo, yeah, and and again, when you think about Canelo now, right? Uh, you know the Caleb plant, mm-hmm. that's not going to draw four point no, four million.
1: No, it's not going to come close.
0: Who who will? Yeah, that he fights, uh,
1: right? Yeah, it, it, it's tough. You know, lo- looking off in the. Horizon there's there's really no one.
0: Well, I'll tell you who, Rick, the guy that, you know, that set the record at 1.4 with Trend at De La Hoya.
1: Yeah, you know, that that would definitely yeah. It's a but other than that outside of that or you know, a Manny Pacquiao which yeah. could never happen there the, right. the, the, the size no. is is different. That's the but, whole thing.
0: It's got to be two personalities, yeah. it's got to be two fighters that are well known. It's got to be a fight that is either intriguing like mm-hmm. Mayweather and McGregor, right? Yeah. Or a fight that is competitive that, you know, the, the, the outcome is not known before, mm-hmm. right? And it's got to be for something. Yeah. Other than that, yeah, to get 4.4 4 million buys, good luck.
1: Yeah, no, it's, you know, and could you imagine if Mayweather and Pacquiao would have fought five years before they actually fought? Oh, yeah. I think it would have smashed the 4.4. The 4. Oh, without a doubt.
0: Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. There you go, Rick. The reason for that stat of the week is, again, 22-year anniversary a couple days ago, Saturday the 18th. uh, Yeah, not sure what happened to the 22 years, Rick, since then. But here we are. It's a blessing. Round one is in the book. Great podcast. I'll see you next week, Rick. See you next week.